3 o'clock here, Sports Radio, WEEI, Christian Arcan, Megan Ottolini. It's Arcan and Mego here going until 6. Spent the first hour discussing all the various playoff uh, implications. The coin flip, neutral site, all that stuff. But as far as the Patriots are concerned, really all that matters is uh, what happens on Sunday in Buffalo in a game that I think they had very little chance of winning before all this happened, and now I think they have even less of a chance of winning. However, um, the Buffalo Bills, despite their ownership of you, uh, Patriots fans, have shown some vulnerabilities this year. It's not like they've been some wagon that's just been rolling everybody over and uh, destroying every team they face. They've had some ups and downs this year, to be sure. They're still the best team maybe in the conference, definitely in the division. But uh, you go back and look at some of the losses that they've had and some of the performances that they've had, even in that first game against you, they only scored three touchdowns. Like, it wasn't like... It never really seemed like it was all that close because you couldn't score, but I wasn't super impressed with the Buffalo Bills and their offense that day. I didn't think that they looked like some superhuman team. They did a good job. The Patriots did a good job that game. I was at that game. Uh, containing Allen, yeah. I thought. like Because the, the flip side of this, and I remember the pregame of that, I was so focused on how awful they had looked, the Patriots had looked against Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields leading up to that. And I was like, oh, my God. What is Josh Allen going to do to you? Right. I thought they did a good job for the most part containing him on the run and his ability to extend plays and all of that. But it also just looked like it looked like the varsity team scrimmaging against the JV team where they I don't think they had to push it that much. Like and they certainly they the the Bills certainly took their foot off the gas at the yep. end of that game. The one great drive or I would say competent drive bizarrely that the Patriots kind of strung together towards the end of that game was just because the Bills were essentially just in a holding pattern yeah. until the end of the game when they could walk away with a win in Thursday Night Football. <laughs> Patriots had like a 20-play drive. It was bizarre. And just kicked and a, field just goal. Had a field goal. <laughs> yeah, like, just, At let's least just they get were moving the-, the ball down the field. <laughs> I will say, you know, we've talked a lot about, given everything that happened earlier this week and the great positive progress right. updates that they're getting and especially today i mean where they've come through in the last 24 48 hours with demar hamlin is so inspiring i wonder in particular with josh allen if there's a part of him where it might play into the negative with him specifically because i think this team will i know this team will be incredibly juiced up to get yeah. out there with this in their home stadium and with all their fans there and everybody just you know like, they've just gone through a miracle. But Josh Allen, if you remember back to earlier this season, he went through some kind of weird stints where it looked like we were talking about, is it possible that he's having some regression even in just his judgment? Right. He would get into the red zone in the middle, kind of middle portion of the season. And part of it coincided with the elbow injury that he was dealing with at the time. But even after that, when he looked healthy, he was trying to do so much. And I wonder if him getting overhyped for this game could, I'm kind of grasping at straws here, but we've seen that side of him where he tries to do too much. He gets a little too hyped up. He overdoes it. Mm-hmm. He makes some really poor judgment calls like we saw him in his first couple of years in the league, throws some interceptions to a very um, pickoff happy Patriots defense. You could, if you're going to be in this game at all, you're going to need one of those special teams or defensive touchdowns which this team, this Patriots team, has been able to manufacture yeah. for most of the games this season, which is incredible. 
But that might be one area where you can get like at least a foot in the door with this offense. Absolutely. Josh Allen has 13 interceptions this year. He's one of the league leaders. I don't think he's the league leader, but he's right up there. Um, this has been, for him, uh, not a great season in terms of taking care of the ball. It's been a fine season in every other way. He's got over 4,000 yards, 32 touchdowns, but you know, and his QB rating's pretty high. But uh, I, I don't... I don't think that that's a that's a thing that you ignore, and I'm sure that that's something that Bill Belichick and you know Stephen Belichick and May, all these people are emphasizing is, hey, you know, we did an okay job on Allen in that last game. Our offense couldn't score. Remember, the only touchdown they scored was Marcus Jones, I think, on the screen, right? Wasn't that the only touchdown they yep. had? So, like, their offense wasn't doing anything, and that may not that change. Was, and that was incredibly fluky. Yeah. That was the first time we had seen Marcus Jones in that kind of way. Like, right. since then, it's we know play. we yeah. know how many different things he can do, but it was so out of nowhere for everyone at the game at that yeah. point. This is his first offensive snap, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was fluky play, and I know he scored some touchdowns since then, but it's not like he's out there lining up with the offense and running wide receiver routes and everything else. Um, maybe they'll uh, try and get him the ball. I know he was back at practice yesterday. I'm not sure about today. I do hope he plays, though, because they certainly need him. Um on offense and on defense. I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, whatever it is, he can uh, he can contribute. The Buffalo Bills uh, defensively presented all sorts of problems for the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots offense was really, really stuck in the mud in that game. And uh, that's something that I'm just having a hard time envisioning getting any better you know I, I I don't know exactly where the Patriots can can improve on that I think they're going to try and run the ball a lot like they did in that first game keep it out of Allen's hands it's just eventually you have to score points eventually if you're going to keep up with the Buffalo Bills you have to score points and everyone keeps saying well you can't fall down early you can't fall into a hole early against the Bills I agree with that but the Patriots early on in these games lately haven't looked organized there either. I mean, you remember those first two uh, series against, um, not against Miami, but against against the Bengals. They didn't know what they were doing. Mac Jones was trying to throw a screen pass. No one was ready to catch it. And on the first passing attempt, that's when the Henry and Smith smashed into each other. Like they're not ready to go at the beginning of these games. So I'm not. I'm not sure unless the defense can really shut Allen down and uh, and keep them in it that way. I don't know where the points are going to come from. So if anything with this game, you know, even if you, as we detailed, even if you lose this game, you can still make it into the playoffs. I guess I just want to see, and we're not going to get this, but I really just want to see, you know, grip and rip from this offense. Mm. And I bet you that that is completely, we know Mac Jones, the last, the last Bills game, that Thursday night game, was the the quick game effing sucks game. Right, yes, yes. That was when he was getting so frustrated because he wanted to be aggressive and attack the Bills' defense. The Bills are just so strong on both sides of the ball. I do think that their offense is stronger than your Patriots' defense, and that's not to, to denigrate the Patriots' defense, who are very good. Their offense is just that freaking good. And going back to... Mac Jones and this offense, don't you just kind of want to see with some of these guys? It's the last game of the season, of the regular season. Mm. It is probably the last game of the season. Don't you just want to see if they can draw something up and execute it and have Mac actually hit Adelore down on the sideline, like on a deep route, keep throwing Tyquan Thornton in there, like keep actually having Kendrick Bourne back on the jet sweep again Mm. or going up across the middle, like – Oh, if they just trot it out there and it's Stevenson and Harris handoffs through the whole, you know, through three downs of the first 
whatever they draw up yeah. to Two make runs their debut. Pass, like, for it's all just, the, yeah. I'm just going to be so frustrated. Mm. They go out there and it's like screen, 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 screen. You know, and I think that will be the approach that it's going to be conservative because they're just going to try to keep the score down. They don't want to get into try to get into any kind of shootout right. with the Bills. And I get that. But it's just what is the point of this then? Like, don't you want to see what you have? Don't you at least want to test it out and try it a little bit? I mean, last year we saw a lot of that conservative play, and I think a lot of people were frustrated by it, including Mac Jones. And for that to carry over into this season, due in part to the fact that they had to strip down their offense from what they initially uh, put in because it wasn't working and it didn't, you know, didn't really make any sense, and the guys coaching it didn't know how to coach it like that. That sucks. That really does suck. And that is, I think, led to what you see here. I think Mac Jones is capable of more than what he's done this year, but it's just, you know, in some ways I think his performance came up short personally, and in a lot of other ways I just think the coaching and the play calling has been so detrimental to him. And, uh, you know, against against teams that score a lot of points, listen, the defense can hold them down sometimes. Buffalo's only been held to under 20 points twice this year, and it was the other two AFC East teams. It was the Jets and the Dolphins, the only two teams, two of the three teams that beat them, and uh, just happened to be in the division. And when you think of division matchups, Megan, you think close games. You think hard-nosed teams that know each other and they're really familiar and it's going to be you know even if one team's better in the standings there's still going to be a tough game it's not like that with buffalo and new england anymore no. it's like that with the dolphins and the bills the jets beat the bills zach wilson beat the freaking bills this year i know he didn't do it but you know what i mean like he was the quarterback his, his and they beat the bills did. and the patriots are nowhere close the patriots like stand no chance when they get on the field with them so one thing that we talked about before was if you're getting up for this for this game as somebody in the Patriots locker room is a Patriots player is a Patriots coach. Like, how do you do it against all the off field, uh, stuff that's happened with the bills over the last couple of days? I guess one thing that you could turn to is just looking at the, the captain Slater and McCordy mm-hmm. and saying like, Hey, you don't want to, you don't want to go out on something so sour for them. Right. And we're going to get to Gerard Mayo, I think in a couple minutes, because you're going to look around the locker room and around Foxborough and this is most likely going to be the last game for some of these longtime guys, yeah. like these longtime locker room leaders. And so I guess if you're trying to, in the intangible stuff, get the team up for that, I know that can't come from Slater. Like, he can't be like, oh, yeah, win for me. <laughs> you know? Like, How do we feel about me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's got to come from other guys in the locker room, but I would feel... I would feel awful for those guys if they go out and they lose like 40 something to 10. Yeah. You know? That'd be tough. That'd be it's a tough just, way to go out. <laughs> we got to leave with a, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. How we yeah, feel yeah. about getting the dub today? Oh, yeah. There you go. I'm going to Cancun. <laughs> how do we feel about cleaning out our lockers today? <laughs> oh, um, Um, Mike Giardi had uh, some interesting thoughts on what Buffalo is going to be doing here, how they're getting ready for this game, because they've had uh, less days of practice than the Patriots certainly have. Yesterday they had their walkthrough and a bunch of team meetings. Um, Here's Giardi with a little bit more on that. I don't really think they know how they're going to react and how they're going to feel and and how much they're going to have playing in terms of energy and preparation. And look, they've admitted they're playing for DeMar, and that's what he would want. Uh, that's as Mario Hamlin said. That's what he would want. Finish your goals. Go after what you set out to be. Sean McDermott said we've overcome a lot of obstacles and we have to overcome this one. But I am really curious to see how this team re-energizes itself as they have to get ready for a game. It's I, 
Very difficult. I, I can't. I can't imagine what they're what they're going through trying to do it. And I think they kind of gave us a window into the conflict of emotions and energy that that's necessary for this. So I mean, Jardy makes it sound like it's really to their detriment. Mm. You know, in terms of being in the Bills locker room, we're all talking about it like kind of like it's the Disney movie ending. Right. And hey, come on, they're they're at home. They're already the much more talented and better coach team overall. And so they're going to go out there and it's going to be this incredible celebration of what the team just went through. Giardi, I think, is looking at it from a little bit of a practical standpoint of they spent the first half of the week in basically post-traumatic stress yeah. and are probably still very much in it and suddenly have to turn themselves their focus and their energy energy towards this week 17 game. Yeah. Luckily for them it's just the Patriots exactly. playing. Exactly. <laughs> so it comes back to that. Yeah, so there you go. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. We got open phone lines if you'd like to jump in. When we come back, we'll hear from Gerard Mayo who uh, spoke to the media today called this a trash bag game, not because he thinks the Patriots are trash uh, or maybe he does, I don't know, but uh, it also may be the last time that we uh, hear or see from Gerard Mayo um, if he uh, ends up going elsewhere. Also, we'll talk with Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald that's all coming up next segment right after trending. Brian Garvin, ladies and gentlemen. That's him singing. It is. It kind of sounds like it. I sound like it. It does. Sounds exactly like it. This is good. This is good stuff. All right. All right, you can turn it down now. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Um, it's Christian Arcan. It's Megan Adelini here with you going until 6 o'clock. We'll be joined by uh, Andrew turn Callahan. At 3.30, you can keep it in the background. Play the whole segment. That was back when I thought that uh, Udoka was going to the Nets. I was very angry. We all thought Udoka was going to the Nets. It was probably the most angry that I ever got. Uh, Turn off that music. What was he playing? Hmm? I was was probably playing playing something Oh, you started playing the flute music. The, like, drunk recorder music. Oh. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You started playing that when I was was reacting in real time, (laughs) reading a report. And I was so mad, and you started playing it, so I flipped out. That. This. Is this you? No, this yeah, isn't this me. Is. Yeah, this that's is my is her theme song. This is playing. <laughs> You've never heard this? I've heard it, but I didn't know who was playing it. No, it's not me. Megan Adelini plays this song. It's my, this is what they used to play when I had all my notes out for my betting info. Okay. When we did Mutt versus the show. Very good. <laughs> I like it. Um, six one seven 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 nine. Anyway, seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. Um, as uh, as we get ready for uh, Callahan here in about uh, five minutes, I just wanted to briefly touch on something Gerard Mayo said today. Uh, do we have this Gerard Mayo talking about uh, this uh, upcoming game with Buffalo? Honestly, you win and you're in, and and that's the mentality. Like, you, there's no speech or anything like that a coach can give you. It's look, either you win and you're in the playoffs, or you lose and you go home. So, plastic bag game. What does that mean? That means if you lose, you get a big plastic bag, trash bag, trash bag game. <laughs> and the trash bag is conceivably to get all the crap out of your locker and to go, which they can't do in Buffalo because it's not their home locker, but right. you understand what he means there. Uh, the Patriots used to play hat and T-shirt games. Now they're playing trash bag games. <laughs> it's, it's a good a, point. It's a fall good from point. grace, to say the least, but uh, that is that is where they are. This also may be 
the last we see of Gerard Mayo on the Patriots sideline. You know, that may be the last time that uh, he coaches for this team. If the Denver Broncos, and I know there's other uh, potential head coaches out there that are um, popular and and may get a look, but Gerard Mayo was uh, someone that the Denver Broncos were definitely interested in last time around. They went with Hackett instead, which was a terrible mistake. And uh, they may be into him. Another team might be into him. Um, What do you think? Is this it for Mayo? It feels like it. I so. I, ha- I don't have any information on this, but he's been such a popular candidate for head coaching jobs, and I wonder if it wouldn't even be a head coaching job that sways him to somewhere else. He's loved being here, and obviously his career has been here, and as a player, as a commentator, as a coach, but I I could see him going to a really strong program somewhere else where he gets the defensive coordinator title. Yeah. And then he springs from that right into a head coaching job. And that's the problem, I think, and what's been the problem with not giving him that title here is that now he has incentive to leave. All they have to do is say, you're doing the exact same job. You're going to do the same job you're doing in New England, but you're going to get more money, and we're going to call you the defensive coordinator, which means you're going to be on a faster track to being a head coach someday. Well, Unless yeah. he gets a head coach offer somewhere else, which well, he might. Well, the thing like, with the head coaching is yeah. that the defensive coaches are just not the sexy pick right now. Especially, I don't think it matters so much that he doesn't have the defensive coordinator title because everybody has known him for years at this Mm. point. So I don't think that that instills any lack of confidence in them in the process or anything. Um, And they like him as a guy and as a leader of men, as everyone likes to say. Sure. But I could just see him getting a little impatient. And it seems like he and Steve Belichick have a great relationship. Players like Steve. They think he's a good coach. Yeah, they like him. I think Steve Belichick gets a little bit of unfair treatment in all of this because people look at the nepotism. He's the coach's kid. He is the coach's kid. Yeah, but it's like you know, I I, the he's a good coach in his own right. All I heard was blah blah blah, Matt Ryan, blah blah blah, mobility. And the players like him, and they respect him. They do. So I don't think it's like a matter of that, but I could see him, to your point, just going somewhere for more money and then leveraging that into a head coaching job down the road. Yeah, because, I mean, I I know people know about Mayo, but the optics of the situation that he's in right now aren't great for him. Mm -hmm. He looks like he's a defensive coach who is there because uh, he has to babysit the coach's kid, and he's not the defensive coordinator because they don't want to, you know, upset uh, upset, uh, Steve over there. Not to mention, everybody but he thinks it's Bill who runs the defense anyway. Right. So not only is he like a step down below the sun, it's the head coach is the guy who's in charge of all this. Yeah, I can so, that. Exactly. Thanks, Bill. So like it makes Gerard Mayo seem like he's, you know, not even forget the defensive coordinator. Like he's he's answering to the Belichick the father and son there. By and the that's, way, you know, not a great situation for him. Yeah, even day to day. Being mm-hmm. an assistant coach in Foxborough is hard. Yeah. And it's hard compared to the rest of the league in that position. You know, for the most part, all you hear about is the time that you get under Bill Belichick is priceless, but it's not a lot of pay and compared to those jobs elsewhere, and it's a grind. Like, you're expected to burn the midnight oil every season and in the off season. So if you can work a little less, get a little more money, get a better title somewhere else, and then leverage that into something, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, it, it makes plenty of sense. I do think it's funny that they're both linebackers coaches. You know, like they're both of those guys coach the linebackers and linebackers are obviously a very important part of the defense. I'm not trying to say that they aren't, but I don't know that that's like the strength of this team this year. You know, no, like I feel like the D line. I guess uh, Judon's technically a linebacker; he's an edge rusher. But you know, whether you want to call that a linebacker or not, like I look at the linebackers on this team, and I think like, are they really, <laughs> are they really the ones carrying the load here for all these guys? I don't know if I'd say that necessarily. Well, I feel if you like, if you 
listen to Belichick, the titles don't really mean anything. Of course so not. it could just be like a random uh oh, just call it a linebacker coach. I mean it's essentially like it seems that uh Gerard is the guy who leads the meetings and Steve Belichick is the defensive play caller. Right. So that's just maybe meetings coach and play caller. Yeah. There you go. Um six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. Um we'll get to your phone calls here in just a moment. Uh we'll also be joined by Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald who's uh just about to jump on with us right now. He had a, a nice piece in the uh, in the Herald today. Um Actually, I think the Herald's been turning out some pretty good sports content lately. I Why really, do you have to say an actually in front of that? Because I Come haven't on. been reading it much lately. I haven't, Come on. I, I haven't gone oh, and grabbed a copy you. of the that's Herald much the lately. Herald. Well, no, it is on the Herald because it's sometimes hard to read their website. You click on one of the articles, and sometimes you don't get the article. Have you noticed that? What Once you in try, a while. I tried you get to, an ad? I, no, I tried to click on a Karen Garigian uh, article about Bill Belichick the other day. I clicked to it, and it says you need to be a subscriber, which I am. And when I went to log in, it took me to a, a different portal site, and I could not access the thing no matter how many times I tried. I tried on my laptop. I tried on my phone. I could not read this uh, Karen article. Arkan, I know that's not a newsroom you particularly want to call, but you can always, you're, you're a former Herald employee. That's true, You can always call up like the IT line. I may be okay. persona. Open. Thank you very much, Bill. I may be persona non grata uh, over there. I don't know. They um, talked about you so much. Is there even you. an office to call? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think you had to call Lowell. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, is uh, Callahan ready? Let's uh, yes, go ahead is. and talk with Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald, who joins us uh, here on the program right now. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm lost in the same portal you were just referencing, trying to get back into our own site. So Thank you very much. I, I'm trying to read your content. It's not always easy, um, but I did think, uh, in particular, uh, I, I really enjoyed what you were, uh, what you had to say today uh, in terms of the run up to this game, what it's been like for the Patriots, and uh, in general, what would you say the uh, overall mood and feel is like in that locker room? I think today has been a stark difference from yesterday. We didn't get to speak with any players on Wednesday when the Patriots canceled all their interviews, including a Bill Belichick press conference. But today, I think as the news has gotten better with DeMar Hamlin, so has their mood. They feel freer to focus on football, the message about, you know, focus on what you can control and all the resources that have been made available inside the organization for players who want to talk, coaches, team chaplain, team psychologists. I think that's all taking into effect, and I think their spirits are up just like they are in Buffalo. So, Andrew, looking at towards the game now and the way that they've been preparing for this, do you get any sense that uh, this team has found anything in themselves, this Patriots team, that will be so different than what we saw in early December on that Thursday night game? Uh, no, I do not. And it's <laughs> okay, partly great. because, you know, we, we, we can get into the emotion for Buffalo, you know, and the atmosphere that will be supercharged there from a fan standpoint. Obviously, the players and coaches playing for DeMar who FaceTime with Bill's players uh, today, you know, I I think at some point that emotion is going to wear off and it's going to come down to two teams that are familiar with each other. And the Bills have won five of the last six. And since Sean McDermott got there in 2017, the Patriots have averaged fewer than 20 offensive points per game against them, and that includes three Brady years. So this is a team in Buffalo that knows how to play the Patriots, hold them down like a bigger brother, and I think we're going to get more of that in a headlock at the end of Sunday. Um, Andrew, the uh, division matchups here with Buffalo have been interesting this year because they lost to Zach Wilson. They lost to Tua. Um, they uh, ended up beating uh, the Jets again later, and uh, obviously they own the Patriots. But why is it that they seem to have trouble with the other AFC East teams and not with New England? I feel like every year in every division, the matchups are always pretty close, but they're not really close with these two teams. 
Well, I think part of it is circumstance, right? Like, you go all the way back to that Miami game. I think it was week three. They're down in South Florida. It's over 100 degrees, and players are all but collapsing on the field because they've been under the sun in those dark blue Bills uniforms, and they just literally ran out of gas. So that's a one-score game. You know, they do lose at the Jets. You mentioned Zach Wilson. The bigger part about that was Zach Wilson was coming off that loss to the Patriots where he literally just threw the game away in the second half. So when he wasn't doing that against Buffalo – and Josh Allen hurts his UCL and his throwing elbow, that became a real problem. The Jets' defense is great, much more talented than a lot of defenses you'll see in the league. I would say probably more so even than the Patriots, so the Patriots have been playing well. So I think it's just you lose kind of a coin flip here, some unusual weather, and then, you know, Zach Wilson plays, let's say, out of character, and that's that's what happens. We're talking to Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald here on the Harbor One Hotline. So, Andrew, given that kind of approach from the Jets, do you expect – a conservative approach from the Patriots on offense like we've seen them roll out so many times this year? Oh, no question about it. I mean, I think the only way to exploit this Buffalo defense is really to force them to tackle in space. And guys, I hate to break it to you, but the best way to do that might be to throw more screens. So this oh, is good Matt Patricia's wheelhouse, you know, because you just you need to get the ball to Reminder Stevenson, and dare I say, you know, the ghost of Kendrick Bourne, um, because that's the only way to do this. I think they're going to try to play keep away, a time possession game, shorten it, give Josh Allen fewer possessions. And you know what? Here's the thing. They did that almost successfully in the last game, though it was Buffalo with possession because Patriots said, we want you to run the ball and run clock. And the Bills played that game, and they won anyway. So I think they just need to sustain drives a little bit better and ultimately try to do the same formula that kept it to 24-10 to 10 back on December 1st. It's just hard to see that, you know, working over four quarters in Buffalo. Andrew, uh, Demar Hamlin obviously was uh, was a backup who was playing when uh, when that awful thing happened this past week in for um, uh, Fitzpatrick, I believe, and now he's out. Is there a uh, is there a weakness maybe in that Buffalo secondary? Yeah, aside from the tackling, it really is in the safety. So Demar Hamlin had been for Micah Hyde, Pro Hyde, Bowl right, safety, sorry. probably the best safety duo duo in the league with him and Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer didn't practice on Thursday. Now, they listed him as, you know, veteran rest. He's also got a knee injury. But let's say Jordan Poyer's not at 100%. There's a way in which I think they tried to attack those safeties with a lot of different play action, you know, some misdirection or some kind of high-low concepts where you just want to spring a guy like maybe Tyquan Thornton deep. But, I mean, again, this Buffalo defense overall is is very disciplined. It's zone-heavy. They understand what the Patriots are trying to do. And, you know, even if you have a three-string safety index to Jordan Poyer, you know, the, the Bills know exactly how the Patriots want to attack him, and I think they're going to put themselves in a position just to insulate that player from getting isolated too many times so that the Patriots have to go elsewhere. Andrew, on the other side of the ball, uh, Josh Allen's been turning the ball over a lot more this year, it seems like, than in the recent years past anyway. What do you suppose the reason for that is, and can the Patriots take advantage of it? I mean, that's just how Josh Allen lives his life, right? I mean, that's, that's part of it, I think, that he feels the need to create on his own when you have Stephon Diggs and then Gabriel Davis, and Gabriel Davis isn't having to break out. That's seemingly every single fantasy football owner projected in the summer. So he says, I need to create more. I need to force these passes deep. And so sometimes it's fumbling. Sometimes it's throwing balls deep. And even in the first half of that Patriots game, like he was actively trying to give the ball away, mm. and the Patriots just couldn't hold on. So I think you're going to see more of those plays where – Josh throws on a Superman cape, doesn't really know how it works all the time, and sometimes crash lands. And if they're there to take the ball, you know, in Bill's territory with a short field, I think they're going to have opportunities to convert there. It's just a matter of 
like Devin McCourty last week, are you going to be able to catch that ball that lands in your lap? Because they're going to get a couple chances from Josh probably trying to do too much. And I would say probably in the first quarter of that game with all the energy coming off of, you know, Tamar Hamlet's good news health-wise. Andrew, uh, we were just talking about Gerard Mayo, and you guys heard from him today in person down at Gillette. Do you think that that's – what's the likelihood that that's the last time – that we really hear from Mayo as part of the Patriots coaching staff? I think it's a significant possibility. I don't have an exact percent here for you, but it's somewhere, you know, where you just can't ignore it because his contract is reportedly up. I've been told that he will explore opportunities to become a defensive coordinator elsewhere and a head coach, and he's free to do so because it's for promotion. Like, if he was taking, you know, a job at the same level elsewhere, the Patriots could block him. They can't do that because he wasn't given the title here in New England. This is a guy who's been open about his aspirations. The executive told me last year at the Combine that, look, it's really just experience holding him back. And so he's only been coaching for four years, and that's all levels, not just the NFL. But the impression he makes quickly in these interviews last year with Denver and Vegas, the year before in Philly, and obviously all of his seasons in New England, you know, it's just so impressive on so many different levels that I think he's going to get a shot. It's just a matter of what will the Patriots do to keep him, and that might not even be enough. When you heard from him today, I guess having that time at the podium with you guys down there, and then you hear the way that Bill was talking about both him and Troy Brown, uh, yesterday it was, in dealing with the DeMar Hamlin situation and the ripples in their own locker room, do you get a sense that there's any kind of blessing from Bill about possibly Gerard Mayo moving on, given all the time that he's done here for Bill's staff and the way that Bill feels about him? Yeah, I would say so. And Gerard was complimentary. I remember last year in a Zoom we had with him about the feedback that Bill has given. He does this for a lot of assistants, including before they left, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, of, hey, when you're going to be a head coach, this is how you handle this situation. It could be injuries. It could be personal situations with players or even the media. So I think he's been taking notes and Bill's been offering feedback. But, again, even if Bill didn't give his blessing to go ahead and leave, there's nothing he can do about it within the league rules because these would be promotions elsewhere. Teams are no longer allowed to block assistant coaches from interviewing for jobs that are above their current you know, pay scale or level. And with Gerard technically being the linebacker's coach, he can go anywhere. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> all right, before we let you go here, uh, Andrew, the NFL came out with their big decision about what to do in the event of uh, various outcomes for teams that have played a differing amount of games. Do you think this is fair for everybody, in particular the Cincinnati Bengals, who don't seem too pleased with it? No, I mean, this is a layup, right? Like, there's inequity because you have teams who have played different amount of games. And so what you're trying to do is resolve that inequity or minimize it as much as you can, but it's always going to be there. There's no perfect solutions here. You know, I think their issue is more with in the event that it comes down to a coin flip for who gets a game between the Ravens and Bengals, which would necessitate a Ravens win on Sunday, a Chargers win on Sunday, and then a Ravens win and a coin flip. Like, then the Bengals are pissed. But ultimately, I think the league has done a fine job. I don't think the neutral site AFC Championship game is a bad idea. The biggest thing is the Kansas City Chiefs are winners because they're all but assured of getting the first round by. And that matters a lot more getting to skip around in the playoffs than any type of home field advantage. So what's your prediction for Sunday? Can you give us a little score? I feel like I did my hand in that first answer. And then I think maybe my third answer that I gave you. I think this is a Buffalo win. But the thing to watch for me is not so much like the Bills pull away, which I'll give you, you know, uh, 27-17, is that I'm really curious how the energy in the first quarter affects them. I think it'll be a lot like where you see the Super Bowls or even when Brady came back here last year with the Bucs, overthrowing passes, trying to do a little bit too much, but they settle in. And there's no way 
they're going to run out of gas given what happened this week, and I think the Bills pull away as a better team. All right, we'll leave it right there then. Andrew Callahan, Boston Herald, thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Be well. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Once again, Andrew Callahan joining us here on the program. 617-779-7937 is your phone number. When we come back, there is a report out there about a coach in the AFC East whose job may be in jeopardy. We'll tell you who it is next. BT Boat on the way to better. They used to make a living mind speaking the banana. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is your phone number. Arkan and Mego here, Sports Radio W E E I. Let's go to the phones. Deuce is in Boston uh, with a thought on the hey, Patriots. How you doing, everybody? Hi, Deuce. What's up, Deuce? Hey, Deuce PK. Actually, you forgot the PK, but oh, no big Deuce deal. PK. We didn't know it was yeah. you. How you What's doing? up, dude? Not bad. No, nothing much. Um, Mego, quick question for you. Mm-hmm. There's two questions I want to ask. We know that the, the stimulation with Demar doing better. It's really going to hype up the Bills, but I really don't think the Patriots, they're going to win or lose and get in the playoff because we know that the other teams are going to lose and give them a chance to win. So there's a, there's a strong possibility. Deuce, 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 Deuce. Yes. You understand what What's you're that? saying right now, don't you? Yeah, they can win and lose. They're still going to make the playoffs, regardless. Well, okay, but in order for that to happen, three teams need to win. Like, a, a very specific series of events needs to happen. One of them yeah, is that uh, Joe Flacco has to win a game. So I'm not sure you can say that that's some sure thing. But the Patriots have nine lives. But the real question I want to okay. ask is, DeMar, as a player, do you think that the, the NFL is going to give him his full pay? if he never plays again because of his hot condition? Um, you know, it's a good question. Uh, thanks for the call, Deuce. DeMar Hamlin has been in the league two years. This is his second year. I remember with Kevin Everett, um, to, not to bring him up again, but it is sort of applicable to this situation. They kept him on the roster through his third season just so that he'd be eligible for the pension. The the Bills did that. The Bills kept Everett on the team and, uh, you know, didn't didn't waive him and didn't uh, move on from him because if you're on a, in the roster for three years, then you're eligible for the pension, and that means health care and all the other stuff that sort of comes with that, which, if you ask certain players, isn't enough either, but it's the best that they have, and it's all that you can really sort of expect at this point. Um, they could do more for him. Maybe they will. But I would imagine, since there's precedent for this, with this team even, uh, with the Bills, uh, I don't know, I guess it was 15 years ago now, 16 years ago, I would imagine that they would keep him on the roster even if he's not ever able to play football again. I would hope so. It's the right thing to do, and it's not a big cost to them in the grand scheme of things. And, I mean, even if you feel like the NFL doesn't usually do the right thing if you're of that mindset, I think the press from this, it's it's such a high-profile story. It's, you know, I said the other day, like, if the – if the Wall Street Journal <laughs> like is writing about it at a high level, then you know it's really crossed all the boundaries of news and information and everything. So I feel like the press fallout from it would just be really bad. Yeah. If you find out like, okay, he's cut and he doesn't get his pension. Yeah, he's putting up like a GoFundMe, exactly. you know, or something. And it's I feel like, like oh. they, they they know enough. They've done and they've done it wrong enough times to know that they don't want to be in that position. Yes, uh, they certainly have. I wanted to touch briefly on a uh, on a tweet that I saw. And it wasn't, um, it didn't it didn't jump out to me because of uh, who tweeted it or anything like that. Um, if you don't know this, uh, Armando Salguero, who works at Outkick now, I think he used to work for the Miami Herald, um, but uh, that's where he is now. He's a Dolphins beat writer. He had uh, this little piece about the Dolphins. Now the Dolphins have certainly been spiraling lately. There's no yes. question about that. Yeah. 
It's Except true. for with when the ball leaves the quarterback's hands. Right. <laughs> it's not much <laughs> it's of a spiral Spiraling there. in a wrong way. Um, they have had all sorts of problems. Obviously, the Tua thing is overshadowing all of it, but they've lost a lot of games here lately, and uh, they're coming into this last game with Skylar Thompson starting a quarterback. Um, according to Salguero, Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, and Josh Boyer's jobs may be at risk. He writes, if they win their season finale and sneak into the playoffs, owner Steven Ross might look the other way on those five consecutive losses from December into January because it will feel more like a skid than a collapse. Gross. Uh, but if the Dolphins <laughs> go from 8-3 and three to 8-9 and nine and not in the playoffs, everybody's job is at risk. Should Mike McDaniel's job after one season be at risk? No. I don't think so, especially, look, you can say that he is accountable for Tua's second concussion, Mm -hmm. that it came so quickly after the first. You can put him at responsibility and fault in some way for that. My cult favorite classic movie, MacGruber, that he watched and was, like, laughing with me. That's enough, Mike. Uh, Some of this feels like it, it was a little bit of extenuating circumstances for him, but I feel like it would be something more a little bit on the outside. Given their history... And this is really just throwing stuff up against the wall right now, I'm going to say. But given their history of tampering Mm. with a certain quarterback who used to be here. And a certain coach who, Mm -hmm. you know, was going to be part of that package. I'm saying if there's another couple who's coming in tied to each other, Mm. I mean, Stephen Ross has proven that he'll entertain any and all situations with that, with Tom Brady. Yeah. So if that's a possibility, then this is just a nice excuse to once again say the coach didn't perform to our liking. Look I don't know what happened. I don't know how you can watch this Dolphins team this year, in particular what Tua Tagovailoa became this year. He went from a you know Mac Jones bottom twenty quarterback. Like I would he went say from, worse. Yeah, I think he was. He was considered getting benched. Worse than Matt. Yeah, he was. He was considered sort of a and reclamation he like he project. He was supposed to be getting benched. So. Right. And then Mike McDaniel comes in here, and I know that they added Tyreek Hill. I'm not ignoring that, but I also think it takes more than just, you know, a fast wide receiver to turn Tua Tagovailoa from what he was into what he's been this year. I mean, he was an MVP candidate for a lot of the year. He's putting up numbers that are superhuman for him. Mac Jones dreams about numbers like this, and that's not just because Tyreek Hill's there. That's because of the offense. That's because McDaniel, I think, put that offense in in a real position to succeed and be successful, which they were. He's not great with the defense, and I think that that's been made pretty clear here, and uh, that defense is pretty soft and doughy. But all in all, you know, I, I would imagine you give you give McDaniels, a quarterback, a step up from Tua, I'd, I'd shudder to think about what he could do with those weapons in that, uh, in that system that he's got there. I think firing him would be nuts, like really like I do a too. nutty thing to do. Especially because we were just talking about Gerard Mayo, and something I want to return to in a little bit is a little juicy bit that Andrew Callahan gave us there about his thoughts about Gerard Mayo departing. But I I feel that Mike McDaniel is also exactly the kind of, um, I guess, sought-after coach that if you cut him loose, I think he'd be somewhere else pretty quickly. Like I know that he doesn't have the pedigree, the resume Mm. in terms of uh, the head coaching that some other coaches have been cut loose and then found a job, but he's one of these young offensive minds that everybody's looking for. Like out of the San Francisco mold. If the I Dolphins mean, fired him, I'd want I'd be okay with the Patriots firing Bill and bringing him in. I'm not even kidding. Wow. I'd be I'd be okay with that. If the Dolphins fire Mike McDaniel, Arcan. and the look what he did with Tua, 
Look okay. what he did with Tua. You don't can, think he could make Mac a lot he better? Maybe spend a little time here as an offensive coordinator. Why do you have to fire Bill? I mean, maybe you don't have to fire Bill, but I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying if he made himself available, if Mike McDaniel was available, you would rather have Mike McDaniel right now than Bill Belichick for the future of the team. Yes, for the future of the team. I think that that is a uh, that that's not a even that hot of a take to be honest with you. I think Bill's got maybe two like or I'm three more years. It right now, Mike McDaniel's I, a young I good didn't coach. See it coming. You didn't warn me about this. Well, Sorry. <laughs> I just Mike, didn't have the Rex you? Ryan setup. So, Christian, you got something to say about yeah. Mike McDaniel. I, I'm trying to process how this fan base would handle McDaniel going from Belichick to McDaniel. They, like, I know that the media would the media be would freaking love him. thrilled. It'd be tough. They'd be, it would be, but the fan base, <laughs> like, this guy's weirdo answers to mm. everything. He's weird. He's, He's definitely weird, weird. But I'll tell you who's going to like him, Mac Jones. You know, yeah. if Mac, if Mac Jones starts putting up uh, 400 yards, four touchdowns, and, you know, the big QB ratings, then I think we'll all be okay with it. Mac honestly. Jones, though, is like, I mean, Mac Jones is like a rescue puppy at this point. So is you Tua. Know? Like, so wherever, is Tua. whoever comes in next is is, is going to, like, look like, oh, it's heaven. Yeah. It's going to be sitting in their lap. I thought you when, know? I, when I go to pet him, Mac Jones runs away from me. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, no. <laughs> no. Abuse. It's just a playbook. It's just a playbook. Don't no, worry. No, no, Matty P. No. <laughs> No, just, Joe Judge, stop talking to me. He's skittish around men. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. He's just he's skittish, skittish around skittish, offensive coordinators. He's skittish around dumb guys. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, 617-779-793. Oh, he's barking. No, no, no. It's okay. He's, it's all right. he's been through a lot. He's just he's just getting to see if he likes you or not. Uh, 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Thank you, Mac. We're going to take a quick football break. When we come back, uh, both the Bruins and the Celtics, victorious last night. Uh, we'll uh, touch on both of them next.